0: better product plan get a better product idea find a better niche to serve welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast where we focus on the people the products and the process of e-commerce selling today here's your host steven peterson
1: want to jump in and talk about two sponsors today seller lab scope uh you've heard me say it you know and, and You know, you're probably sitting there saying, Steve, you say this every episode. I do uh, because I believe in the product. Um, Yes, uh, Seller Labs is a sponsor of my show. Don't get that wrong. However, it's a sponsor of a product that I use. So I'm kind of lucky. They pay me, and yet I pay to use the product. And the reason I pay to use the product is because it allows me to um, get better listings, right? That's what you need to do right? If you're selling on Amazon, you need to understand keywords and you need to figure out what are the right keywords. Um, and sometimes it's, it's confusing as heck. Why does a certain keyword work a certain way? Well, the beauty of it is in scope is you can pull up your competitor who's really crushing it and see what keywords they're using. That's the lesson. And then you can find a similar one and pull them up and you're going to see a pattern. And then you do that pattern for yourself and you can get those same results if you get lucky and figure out what the keyword is for your product. So take some of the luck out of it and use scope. Um, Again, go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code momentum, save 50 bucks and try it And, and see if you can improve an existing listing. I think that's the best thing you can do is take one of your listings that's performing, And then go and try to enhance it and see if you see an improvement. Give it, you know, 30 days or what have you. And if you see an improvement, then there's a clue that maybe you can see an improvement on all your listings. That's why I use uh, Scope. And I just think it's such a great product because I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There are much smarter people than I that have done a lot of other cool things to figure out what the keyword is and what people are searching for using a whole bunch of other techniques and then you get to take advantage of it. And it's really inexpensive. And again, you're going to save 50 bucks. So Sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code momentum, save 50 bucks. Second one is Karen Locker. And I talk about her a lot. Um, right now they're reconciling a shipment and uh, they're sending me notes. Steve, you have to send in receipts because that's one of the big hassles. Now I've got to send receipts to prove that I bought this stuff so I can get my, you know, reimbursement. And her team is all over me. <laughs> like Steve, this is your third request. That's the kind of service sometimes I need. I've been traveling these last few weeks extensively. I kind of need somebody else. Yes, I could have somebody sitting in my office doing it, but that would be a full-time employee, and we don't want any full-time employees. Um, just my wife, my son, and I. And so anyway, um, that's why I have members of my team in different areas, and I don't want to have to manage them. You know, I know Karen uses some VAs, but I don't want to have to manage that team. And so she does that, and her team does that. She's got team leaders and stuff, and they've been doing it for me for me and my wife for, I don't know, two or three years. And we've been very, very pleased because the money they save me, the refunds they get me, the reimbursements they get me, the fixes when I'm on the road and, hey, this isn't, you know, correct, and they can fix it, or I have a question. That depth of knowledge that I get uh, from Karen because of her experience is so worth the price. So it is um, solutions for e-commerce. So the, the word solutions, the number 4 e-commerce com forward slash momentum. Okay, so use that code, com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50, and $50 a month is a, is a lot of money. And what's really cool is she's going to do that inventory health report that I talk about. If you've not done one, you should. You know, I mean, you're getting a clue every week when they tell you your inventory health report. But if you want to dig deeper, and again, if you don't want to do the work, that's the beauty. She's going to send you a spreadsheet and then you can parse it and slice and dice and then send it back saying, hey, kill this stuff, refund this, donate this, blah, 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 blah. That's what I do. And I don't have to go through and do the work. And, you know, it's just important to have a person on your team you can trust. And again, I've been paying for the service for two and a half, three years. I have to ask her how long it's been. And I'm very, very pleased. I uh, would think of no one else to be on our team but Karen and her team because of what they've done. I look for consistency over time. You've heard me say that. And I've gotten it from Karen. So solutions, the number four, ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save the 50 bucks. Get your inventory health report. Get 2019 in order and start this new year off right. It's going to be a great one. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 373, Jason Miles. Get ready to be inspired. Get ready to think bigger than what you've been thinking. Get ready to say, maybe I can do it too. Because guess what? Jason's going to tell you, you could. You have the tools. You have the knowledge how to do it. It's really going to be, are you going to execute it? And when you do execute it, you do have to sit back and think, can I do more? Should I be doing more? Um, should I take a different approach and just instead of making money can i make a difference and i think um jason and his wife cinnamon are good examples of what could be now they're at the high level but man just start small and he gives a good example at the end i mean it's just a great conversation phenomenal story um and again he'll tell you he's no different than you and i let's get into the podcast all right welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast very excited about today's guest um because, well, it's going to take me ten minutes to uh, to get through what he is. Um, I'm going to define him and see if I'm how accurate I am. But what I love is that he's built, he's built, he's helped build. Um, I think he would correct me too. Um, an audience off of. Amazon or eBay or Etsy, I guess it would be one of the other big dominant players, um, and has really understood what it takes and has been able to replicate it into some charitable things that are just phenomenal. And I can't wait to get to talk about them all. So let me introduce him. He's a dad, a husband, a giver, I'm trying to go in a decent order here, an instructor, an author, a blogger. There's definitely something about dresses involved, which I'm not quite sure. We got to get, get through all that. And I'm, I'm very, very, very excited to have Jason Miles on. Welcome, Jason.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man.
1: How did I do? Did? did I get through that?
0: Oh, it was amazing. That was did, amazing. How about
1: the order? Did I get the order? Right? I put some thought into it. I'm like, well, I got to make sure he's a dad first. I mean, that's got to be up. husband, giver. But giver's right there.
0: Faith and family are at the top, man. Faith I and family. Love sure.
1: it. I love it. Yep. So I want to go through, because when I was thinking about, you know, as I was thinking about this interview, when I read, you know, some of your stuff, I got thinking about how do you get to the end, like where we are today? Cause there's, there's, you got your hands tangled up in so many different things. How do you get to the end? Where does it start? What was it, I mean, was it as a kid? I mean, where did it, where did this little light come out?
0: Yeah, 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 uh, that's it, a good, it's a great question. Um, you know, this, obviously like with everybody's answer, it's a journey and there's milestones and touch points where, you know, we had definitely forks in the road where uh we made specific decisions um and yeah we've come to a nice place now we've got a fantastic online business we consider ourselves digital publishers basically as sort of the core of who we are and what we do now um but you're right we have our fingers in a lot of different um activities um yeah i'm happy to, to mention the origin story i suppose if you want to hear sort of the where, where this started kind of story.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Because, you know, uh-huh. I mean, you, your degree is in organizational management. Is that correct?
0: Undergrad in organizational management, an undergrad in biblical studies, and then an MBA with an emphasis in international nonprofit management,
1: actually. Okay, so, yeah. so yeah. there's clearly part of the explanation of how you're able to have some your tentacles in so many places probably is part of that. But, you know, why dresses? Why dolls? How do you get there? <laughs>
0: Sure. Okay. So here, so here's the story. We we actually, the story for me and my entrepreneurial journey starts in 1998. Believe it or not, but but just sort of as context, I had a 20 year nonprofit career, nine to five career. Half the whole time was in HR, and half the whole time was in marketing and fundraising for multi billion dollar charities. So so that's my background. Um, but in 1998. We were we needed money, I, you know. It was early in my career. I was working at like two jobs. I was a compensation analyst, a contractor, and for a charity. And then I was also working at Kinko's. I don't know if you remember Kinko's. I but, do. Yeah. yeah um, and then, but we still didn't have enough money to even live on. So, um, so yeah. So, we, so I went to our home group on a Wednesday night, and I said, you know, I'm just looking for another ten hours a week or something like that of, of uh, you know, part time job. If anybody has anything or they could just at least pray for me. And um, somebody said in the home group, you should talk to this guy named Joe. He, uh, he's making $1,000 a day on the internet. You know, it was like everybody's like, what? What? The internet? <laughs> and, um, you know, back then we just had, you know, just the basics. I but $1,000 over...
1: would be, I mean, A, $1,000 $1, a day. But $1,000 a week would be huge in 1998.
0: Dude, it was like mesmerizing to me. So I talked to this guy. And I didn't work for him at the in that moment because he, he only needed somebody for like two hours a week. But his story captivated me. It just literally, I had whatever you might call it, gold fever. You know, just the dream was planted in my mind that there's, uh, there is a way to make money on the internet. The
1: answer. You found the answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And that was 1998. Now, so I didn't work for him. His story, just as a side note, is he he got a traffic ticket and he went to all day traffic court school to get out of it being on his record. And then he hated it so much. He went to the judge afterward and said, if I isn't there a website you can use for this kind of thing. And the judge said no. And he said, well, if I made a website, would you send people to it? And the judge said, maybe, I don't know. So he did it. He made a website traffic school. It was like one of the first online traffic schools on the internet took it to the Sonoma County courthouse, Judge, traffic judge. The guy started referring people like mad to his website and they cut a deal. And then he just went right down the road to Napa County and then to Marin County. He made this online traffic school biz into his huge thing. And anyway, that was his story. So- well, there's
1: a clue there, though. He, he built something yeah. replicatable. Right. That yeah, he could yeah. wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. This is a common theme yeah. that's gonna come up in this conversation, I know. So there's yeah, a yeah. there's another seed that's planted there too that I see. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, yeah. So so that plant, it planted the thought in my mind. And but the problem was I had no idea what to sell online. No and you know, I I was sort of a nonprofit guy with sort of these, you know, dreams of entrepreneurship, but I didn't have a product strategy. And I literally I know it sounds horrible, but you know how you get these ideas and then you don't do anything.
1: Mm, Yeah. I
0: literally stumbled around with that for 10 years from 1998 to 2008. And I had various shenanigans and ideas and I would, but there just wasn't, there weren't podcasts. There wasn't, you know, there weren't YouTube videos about how to source product. There, There was no retail arbitrage. There was no. You know, I guess I could have gone into eBay, I just didn't know it.
1: But did and, this keep popping into your life in those ten years? I mean, did it like keep pointing you saying, Come on, the, come on, let's go.
0: Yes, and here's how. Every time we had to use a credit card <laughs> <laughs>
1: every
0: every time I didn't have enough vacation time and we or I had vacation time and we had no money, or you know, every time I had a negative interaction with my boss at work. Or, you know, you just feel you feel constrained in some way financially or in terms of freedom in your life. And it's like the escape hatch. It's like the, oh, I, if I had that online business. So and you that, went there
1: in your special place. That became your special place, right? You just close <laughs> yes. your eyes and you're like, oh, man, life is <laughs> good. Know. No, I'm, I mean, mentally, it sounds yeah. stupid, but it's true, right? Sometimes you can see it. It's like a, it's, it's almost visionary. It's weird to yeah. say that, you know, trying to get yep. creepier, but it's just, it is. You just know it it's you're led there <laughs> yeah
0: no i you're right i mean that's how it was and so but i never had a moment where i encountered anything that was specific tactical you know uh, you, you know compelling enough for me to say uh i've got a plan you know And then, um, but really what, what happened that turned the corner for us and got us selling on eBay originally was we were just desperate for money again, you know, 10 years later, you know, nonprofits just aren't where you make money. And so in 2008, we were desperate for money and, um, we had three kids at the time and our baby daughter was going into kindergarten. And so my wife had a couple hours a week and, and, um, So, you know, it was basically just out of sort of desperation. We said, well, you know, what activities could she do? You know, a couple hours a day is all she would have. And um, to help kind of add money to the household budget. And, you know, the usual things come to your mind, uh, you know, side hustle at Starbucks or become a realtor or, you know, those kinds of things. So she loved photography. So she started doing family photography, but realized that the selling aspect of photography is a total bummer. And, um, but she also was making these American girl doll size clothes for our daughters and them getting an American girl doll was a big deal. And, you know, it was like a hundred dollar doll.
1: Oh yeah. These are expensive, especially back then, right? There wasn't the generic versions. I mean, this was, they were it.
0: So, but all the Brownie troop moms were asking all the time, where did you get this stuff? Uh, These clothes that Cinnamon was making, my wife's name is Cinnamon. And, um she was like, I just made them. I just made them. And, and as it turned out, here's the, the, this was our magical moment when I heard people repeatedly asking her if they could buy them and where she got them. Now, you know, I said to her, maybe we just start selling this stuff on, on eBay. Cause I had heard about eBay and I had gotten Dave Espino's TV course, mm. but like a year or two prior, I just, but I still had no product idea. So, um, So she she said yes. And we started selling them at auction on eBay. And that really kicked in my marketing, copywriting, branding. You know, it started to meet a need in my life to just have sort of an entrepreneurial activity. And as it happens, just as a backstory on her, her mom worked for a fashion designer in L.A. when she was younger. And so my wife grew up knowing how to sew and create stuff at what you might call a You know, like a really super advanced level. She just didn't know it. She, you know, she didn't know how.
1: She picked it up through osmosis, right? She just, by existing and being around it all the time.
0: Well, and her and her mom, you know, they just did this their whole lives. And so she just didn't realize the caliber at which she was, could do it compared to everyone else was lights out crazy good. And so it made the eBay selling really easy. We just did auctions. We started selling stuff for, first it was 30, 40, 50 bucks, you know, ending prices. And then we got it to hundreds, 100, 200, 300. Oh Highest auction for any of her item was $500 and 75 cents. Oh um, and so we got real good at selling on eBay. And we did that for 18 months. Uh, and that was really the origin. Um, we don't do that anymore. That was the first business model we were in. But, that took um, the
1: financial pressure off, though? It helped. Okay, it so helped. it helped. And, and so yeah. when you were identifying roles... Okay. So yep. obviously she's the talent behind the design and that thing, right? She found her talent, right? She realized she had it, yep. but she found it. Yep. How did you define your roles? I mean, you was it, is that where your degree came in and your skill sets? Um, because yeah. is that yeah. where the complementary? because it's hard working together, husband and wife.
0: Yeah. I, I think um, we got very, very lucky because she's an, absolute fantastic artist with a, such a high degree of attention to detail she had also done that year of photography so it became really easy she was the creator and the photographer and i would work on the copywriting descriptions brand building and then ultimately we started doing youtube design contests and and youtube was our first social media uh-huh. strategy to get traffic to our ebay listings and we really developed um, specific tactical YouTube strategies, um, right, you know, almost right from the beginning, that helped us blow up our YouTube sales, uh, I'm sorry, our our eBay sales. And, um, you know, so that was clearly my role. And we our daughter, uh, youngest daughter, Liberty was uh, the company was named after her. So she was our celebrity spokes girl for the first three, four years. So that was fun.
1: You know, as I sit yeah. and think about that, when I look at your pattern, again, of all the stuff that you've been involved in, social media clearly seems to be the driver of what you've been able to figure out. And so yeah. you're saying that figuring that out for YouTube way back then, right, especially that's that's pioneer level stuff. I mean, yeah. now, you yeah. know, great. There, Like you said, there weren't a million examples on how to do it and do it right yeah. with history. Yeah as these new social media, because I want to make sure people get value here, as these new social media platforms come out, right, um, the Facebooks, right, afterwards, yep. and the uh, Instagrams, and blah, 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 name it, name it, name it. Are, are you able to take what you applied back then conceptually, at least a framework of it, and then bring it forward as all these others roll out? Is that, a, is that an advantage? And therefore, so if somebody is You know, they, instead of learning all of them, master one and then go out and learn the others. I'm trying to look for some value there for somebody.
0: Yeah, I totally think that's the plan. I mean, you know, we created basically a strategy that was tied to two things. One was the, we did a contest and we promoted it on a social channel and YouTube was the channel. And we, to this day, we still do weekly contests and now we promote them on a lot of channels. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still do that.
1: No kidding. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, because we were talking in the pre-show about some other stuff. Consistency is the key, right? It's just consistently, yeah. when you find a model that works or something that's working, instead of looking at the next shiny thing, which is what Steve does, <laughs> we're talking about Steve for a second, <laughs> yeah. but if you stay doing what you're doing and build a process for it. right? Um, yeah. And again, that's that skill set that you, sounds like you bring to the table.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, I think that's my, uh, you know, I think as, a, as I've reflected on our work with the social media sites, what my clear pattern is, Um, that we've developed is I get into them relatively early and figure out how we can leverage them. And then, you know, I've been blessed to have three books come out with McGraw Hill. The first one was Pinterest power. The second one was Instagram power. And the third one was YouTube marketing power. Those are at Barnes and Noble and on everywhere. In fact, Instagram power, the revised and expanded version comes out March 8th. So that's, Mm -hmm. so that's fun. But, but the lesson here for me was I get into these early and I figure out how to do basic marketing on them. And I, and I've been, you know, popularized writing these books for McGraw Hill and then what happens over and over is bigger, better internet marketers and celebrities or gurus or, you know, social media experts will, will come out with their own trainings and courses. But generally for me, I'm, I'm early onto the platforms and then I figure out a basic marketing plan that works for us. And I like to talk about it and write about it. And, um, you know, so that's sort of my pattern that we've developed.
1: I love yeah. it. I, I, because I see it in every one of these examples as we go through some of these yeah. things that you're doing. You know, and so, yeah. so you've written more than a dozen books. I mean, more yeah, than a dozen. Like yeah, definitely more than on, a dozen.
0: Depends on if you count the ones I removed from.
1: <laughs> oh <from> wow. <well>. <laughs> okay. Well, but it, I mean, there's definitely a pattern to it. So it's, is that was, yeah. and the other, the other thing that I think you guys have done amazingly well, and I, I do want to finish the story how we get to, how big we are, yeah. Yeah. but. I think that you've done the multiple streams thing. You know, I think about Jim Cockrum. That's one of his yeah. his things that he preaches all the time. Don't rely on any one thing. You've got to have more than one. You've got to have more than one. Or Dan Miller always says to me, Steve, repurpose your content. You know, he's always yeah. like, you repurpose everything. Because, you know, you you building a vending machine business, which I like to call what you guys do a lot of, is a vending machine, where you're filling it with something, and then it sells over and over and over, but in multiple places, to me, that's just so powerful. And then, how you built that, cells in multiple plate. I mean, it's just like each one kind of builds on each other. And I, yeah. where does where does the big thinking for that come from? Because that's big picture stuff, man. That's like you know who's got who's you know that's the stuff you go to uh, Coachella and and find yourself to figure this <laughs> stuff out, right? You go to that rock or whatever they call it, right? I've never
0: been to that place, but <laughs> yeah. it sounds awesome. I am. I, I think one of my I don't know. You know, you always do those assessments like Myers-Briggs and that kind of thing. And I I just I do think that one of my um, core, I guess you could say core psychological needs is to really do stuff that um, is defensible and is strategic for the long term. And that's just how I'm wired. That's just the stuff I think about. So, you know, that 10 year period where I was thinking about what to sell online you know, it was, uh, I was thinking, I mean, I, I was comparing. Oh, so you
1: them. were building a framework yeah. then?
0: Well, I think I was disqualifying ideas at a much higher level than many people would, you know? I mean, I, I just, I, there are a ton of business models I just don't believe in. And so the business model we're in today, even, even on eBay, for example, I only wanted to do auctions. I didn't want to do buy it now items on eBay. We only wanted to do auctions because I could control the, the potential upside was unlimited. You know, and so I, that's just how I'm wired—is to mm-hmm. think about stuff like that. You know,
1: well, I think so. I think it's it's still very cool. I I think I and This is my opinion. Most people, Steve, do not take advantage of the capacity that they have. Right? They're they're looking for the next thing, looking for the next thing, yeah. rather yeah. than maximizing the capacity that they've already done a lot of the hard work. And I think you guys have done a good job of that. All right. So I cut Thank you me. off because I just um. I have a Let's million finish million. the story. Well, here. these questions just pop in my head like a million. I'm I'm a guy. This is what happens, That's you know. It. Turn left, right. turn right. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Finish the story.
0: Well, so we did eBay for 18 months, and we got ex- extremely good at selling the items at high prices. But the barrier to that business model became very obvious, which is my wife was toiling over making these items hand mm-hmm. by hand, and it you know it could take her hours to. To days to weeks to make some of this stuff and so you know it was super easy for me to hit relist and then we'd have another auction go live but then she had basically seven days to make the item
1: and <laughs> these know, are and, basically uh, one-offs like you said though but then yeah. she would make another one but it's one off yeah. she was only and so was she literally cutting and sewing and all that like yeah, really yeah. oh my gosh yeah. And so,
0: so after eighteen months, she was totally burned out, and I was literally like, "We got, we got a business. Stepping up,
1: honey. Come on. Selling online. Here's coffee. Here's some coffee.
0: It's the, it's the culmination of my ten year delusion, or whatever you know. Um, And, and we're excited to make this. No, no stress
1: on the marriage there, right? There's no no stress.
0: (laughs) So, um, as it happens, I transferred jobs and took a different position which also took financial stress off of us. Mm. And so the summer of 2009 she just stopped and we did our we you know we had moved and I did my new job and and so we really took a pause that summer to ask this the hard questions about well what is the business model that would actually work and is this category even viable and is there something here that we see value in for the long term. And, you know, she, we could have stopped at that point. But what we did was, um, we, what we realized was the ultimate value in what she was doing was the unique original design work. And the uh, the idea became pretty simple. And we read Jim Cochran's, you know, Silent Sales Machine Hiding Inside of eBay was the original title back then. And his one of his chapters was find an audience and sell them a digital good, a digital product. Hmm. And so I, when I read that, I was like, man, we've got an audience and we've clearly got original creative work happening. Could we sell this? And as it happens, it's not, it wasn't too big a leap of logic to say, oh, man, in the sewing industry, pattern making is a huge part of it. You buy fabric and you buy patterns. That's what these ladies do. And there's a, it's a massive market. And so we put together the first PDF document that was one of, you know, Cinnamon's designs. And she, I think she did four in the course of about a month. We sold 11 copies through our own shenanigans, through our own website, which we built together. It was, we didn't build it. We kind of used, we used the software that was for photographers, I think. Wow. <laughs> and it was like our own website. But nonetheless, we got, I think, 250 people Onto an email list and we sold 11 copies in the first month. And that was enough for us to say this could work. And it literally in the next six months, we, we just, well, I suppose you could say for the next 10 years, to be honest, we've gone on a tirade in this space and we have a catalog now of about 2,600, uh, you know, patterns. We've done 3.3 million downloads uh, in the last 30 days, we did about $100,000 in sales. Um, and we have a marketplace. So you can go check it all out. It's up pixiefair.com. And I always tell everybody, you can ask me any question about exactly how I do this. You will not copy my business model because we're unique. You can't beat me. It's defensible. And so, therefore, I can tell you everything literally about how I built the Shopify site. In 2013, we moved to Shopify. And um, how we get traffic, it's in the top one-tenth of one percent of all Shopify sites for worldwide site traffic. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's sort of the trajectory. And, and we found our groove. We found our, our castle with an unbreachable moat in Warren Buffett's terms and have worked hard to have it on full lockdown. And uh,
1: Well, yeah. you know, I sit and I think about this. So, you know, again, it's a vending machine right? It's those 2600 patterns. They With just, digital goods inside of it. Digital, yeah. yeah. They just sell over and over and you don't have to have somebody put it in an envelope and ship it to somebody, which is That's really right. incredible. That's but, right. but you know, I'm sitting here thinking because this is, this is Steve, the guy's perception. I would have thought that sewing has been going downhill for a long time because old people are dying. And that yep. was something they did way back in the day. Now there's a Walmart yep. in every corner and people want Walmart stuff. It's cheaper. It's easier. Matter of fact, you can buy it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Walmart will squeeze out a nickel, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that business is declining. How, I mean, is this, so is what, this, a- well, I was going to say, is this luck that you guys have now, because my granddaughters are all. in a pre-call, we were talking about this, this experience thing is such a big deal. I mean, it is yeah. such a big deal. They don't need stuff anymore. They need the experience. My daughter-in-law wants to spend time with them doing meaningful things. So making their own clothing is like incredible. Yeah. How how i mean is that dumb luck or is that a pattern recognition
0: i think it's two things first of all what you're talking about is the evaluation of a sub niche
1: Hmm. and
0: a niche so the evaluation of a niche let's just talk about that for a minute sewing is a niche fishing is a niche water skiing is a niche you know i mean you you just go through all the categories on every you know in in, in every product uh, type and so the question is 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 my niche in decline or in growth? And what does that mean for me in terms of prospects? Well, Well, one thing's for sure. If most people who are internet marketers think it's in decline and they opt to not be in that niche because of it, it's good for me. You know, I mean, it's like so. You're seeing an opportunity newspaper?
1: where everybody else sees it as a decline. Okay, I get it.
0: Yeah. So, so like, you know, it's like, who would want to go into the newspaper business right now? I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of money to be made because no one else is going into the newspaper business right now. So, just because something's not trendy doesn't mean it's not profitable. You know. And so then the and then what most people say to me when I tell them what we do is they, they immediately without even thinking about it. I've heard this so many times. It's, I I've reflected on the meaning of it. They say to me, "Oh, you guys should make dog clothing." And I and I always it's I've heard that phrase so many times. It's like in your mind when I say I'm in the doll clothing pattern niche, which is a subcategory of sewing. You tell me I should make doll dog clothing, which is in a pet category, a completely different. But but I think in that split second, in the synapses in their mind, they're immediately saying. The niche you're in is too small and probably not profitable. And I want to give you an idea to help you because I feel sorry for you. And, or, you know, just maybe doll rhymes with dog and some, you know. No, I think you're right. No, I
1: think you're right in the beginning. They, they're like, oh man, that, that's got to be. T- it's my perception. That's a declining business. There's nobody too sewing small. anymore. Too right, small no, nobody it. does that anymore, right? Yeah. And yet, <laughs> and, the ones and I'm that telling do, <laughs> you, the,
0: the people who have said the phrase over and over, it's so, it's a cliche, is that the riches are in the niches. But when a newbie comes into online selling, they want to be, for some reason, a T-shirt seller (laughs) or or they want to sell like shoes. And I'm like, bro, you know how many people you're going to be competing with? Like, think about the numbers of people who you want to compete with. And what I would suggest to anybody thinking about a niche strategy is you want to find a niche where you're literally competing against grandmas who don't even know how to use the computer.
1: Hmm. But aren't they all and gone? I, I mean, Jason, you sit back and think about this. Right? No. Oh, okay. No, there I mean,
0: it. if you want me to defend my niche, I'm telling you, no, well, the, <laughs> your your grandkids and the, the so there's what's happened in the space is really interesting. Is first of all, the American Girl dolls are have been very very, very popular and they've been on their own skyrocketing popularity. Um, and then there's other dolls. And so what happens is. Girls get exposed to dolls and doll clothing and doll making from the ages of, let's say, five to eleven. Now, if they're they're the homeschool type kids, maybe middle America, maybe you know um, have a parent that has time and attention for them, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then the mom might say, "Hey, let's make some of this ourselves as a fun activity." Mm-hmm. And then, but th- but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the daughter says. Um, I want to just look on YouTube for this stuff. And then they encounter our our sliver of the universe. And then they go to their mom, who maybe is 35 to 45, and say, hey, can you help me make this? Look at this video. Look at how you can make these shoes that look like Toms for your doll. And the mom will say, oh, I don't know how to do any of that, sweetie, but let's talk to grandma. And then what has happened then is grandma shows mom, mom shows nine-year-old daughter. And that cycle, I'm just telling you, there's millions of people in that you know, that in that cycle. And that's plenty big for a niche. Well, you know?
1: so, I said, now I think about it that you're basically, you're helping create their scarcity, right? I mean, not many people are going to download the drawstring dress in my neighborhood. Yeah. Therefore right. I could stand out and be unique by doing this. Or sure. you can go to Walmart yeah. and buy a dress for that doll, but lots of other people could No, this right. is my uniqueness. And this, it gives yeah. the ability to be unique. Oh, dude, yeah. you guys are. And smart. it plays, you're it
0: does smart. play in, well, it, there's luck there too, but it does play into the, you know, you said that the generational change here is that yeah. a lot of people are in the maker space. A lot of the people are, you know, the shows, it just It our culture has become interesting. It's off-grid living and sewing your own clothing. In and a tiny house, yep. All that stuff is very on trend. And so sewing actually does have its own sort of revival happening. And yeah, so, I mean, it's it's been interesting. So... So that's part of that's our e-commerce business. Along the way, we've published books now with, uh, you know, several publishers. My wife's book, Cinnamon's book is is in all the Costco's nationwide, all the Walmarts, all the Barnes and Nobles. Um, with some exceptions, but in general that it's Costco is the big placement for her book right now. So that's its own trajectory of how our work is ad- advanced, you know? So. Well,
1: let, let's take it a step further though, uh, staying on this multiple stream. So there's books in that, but then there's courses and, you yeah. know, there used to be a limit, right? You weren't able to teach, you know, to, uh, I think about, I've had some, uh, uh some of the big eBay class, um, people that have been around for a long time and they would hold a class and they would get a bunch of people to come and learn how to do eBay and do eBay. Right. But that's a limit. You know, you're geographically limited, space limited, constrained, time limited, all that by setting up this, this vending machine business again with online classes, um, you can reach the masses. Ooh, pretty good. Right. Yeah.
0: Our, our business model basically now is we have the catalog of about 2600 PDF downloadable documents um many are free like i don't know how many exactly right now maybe 40 of them are free out of 2600 so but then the other ways in which we monetize is as you mentioned the online courses we could talk through how we did that and then we have a monthly recurring membership program called sewing with cinnamon that is kind of our newest large scale product offering uh it's a six figure program now and yeah, so these work together. They're all in support of the basic idea. We're not, we have no interest in deviating from our little sub niche. You know what I mean? It's like this is there's plenty of money in the sub niche of doll focused sewing related activities. You know,
1: and you're building this community. I mean, it because I think people sit back and say, "Oh, that's what I need to do is I need to get a thousand members in my community," or do you build it and they will come? I mean, so I'm thinking about how you. All these things brought you this community, right? There's not one thing. All these things brought you this yeah. community.
0: <laughs> yeah, it started at au- with auctions on eBay, and our, I remember when we left eBay for you know sort of that re- re- weekly eBay selling, we had uh, 125 people on our email list, and after 18 months, and um, that which was a pathetic number even back then. Even then, we knew this was a horrible number. Um, and so that, you know, we started to work on getting those people connected. Now, you know, now it's well over a hundred thousand names and, you know, you just, it's a commitment to a course of action that you, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs who the shiny object syndrome thing is interesting to me. I don't suffer from that actually.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um,
0: but what I, I mean, in, you know, everybody explores new things, but in a way, I think because we found something that worked, what I've tried to do is is say, how can we go deeper down this rabbit hole? Not stick our head up and go find another rabbit hole. Let's just like, how can we go deeper into this? And we've got, we got plans to grow our revenue in an exciting way in our sub niche uh, for 2019. And we have there's just no interest in going too far afield into other things. Um, and it's really unlocked a lot of potential uh, for, you know, um, our, our charity work and that kind of thing.
1: So. Um, I want to make sure I get to this before we get to that because I just want to get this all the way out there. This then this model allows you to, to go to multiple channels. So on Etsy, for example, right? I, I assume that there was a time you were selling on Etsy, I assume, or something like that, and maybe Amazon Custom in some yeah, way so, or something like that?
0: Yeah, so what we, we like to do when we talk about this is I call that whole topic sales channel management. And so what, you know, the question is, everybody always asks us, cause I'm usually, I speak at Amazon conferences, that I'm usually the token Shopify guy. <laughs> and so it's like, but which is becoming more and more on trend actually. Uh, but yeah, think,
1: hello, yeah. So,
0: um, but you know, for the last 10 years, it was like, okay, all you Amazon sellers who are obsessed over, you know, Amazon, let's hear from Jason for 45 minutes about something other than Amazon. Everybody would get up and go to the bathroom and stuff like that. Mm. So, but, um, so sales channel, Management is the issue. So for me, the question it, first, the qu- first question was, you couldn't sell PDF documents on eBay or Amazon when we started this. So n- nor can you now. So I actually didn't have the luxury of those two e-commerce platforms. So as Etsy came along, that was an option. We sell about, I don't know, 4000 bucks a month or so on Etsy. So it's a small, small part of what we do. But we're there basically as a defensive Mm. Position. So I'm not trying to find people on Etsy. To be honest, I'm not trying to make money on Etsy. I'm just trying to discourage our competitors. And when they see that we've got a catalog of 2,600 doll clothes uh, patterns, they might say to themselves, "Wow, you know, I there's no space for me here." And that's all. It's just defensive. Um, and so, so that's how we treat Etsy. And um, but then we want people to, to transact through our own Shopify site. I want the data. I want the transaction histories. I want the customers to be faithfully coming back every week to my site. So I'm not really a shotgun-type guy in terms of overall uh, sales channel management ideas. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to build my own platform as best I can, and it really is its own marketplace in our niche. You know.
1: Well, and, and you do have a blog. It's called winningonshopify.com, so I want to make sure people go and check that out because you, you would say that today, Steve, there's no reason you can't create your own successful channel because what, what I keep hearing is it's so hard to get traffic, Jason. Oh, my God. It's just so hard. You just it, you can't compete. I mean, it's just, you know, you're just one of uh, tens of thousands of Shopify stores that start this month and that probably will end next month. You're saying on winning on Shopify, that's not true. Fair?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not true. I know it's not true. The traffic's not the problem. What most people have a problem with is they don't have a good product.
1: Mm. Oh, that hurts. Dude, my mom made that.
0: (laughs) Come on. But so, so really with a lot of the people we work with, with our coaching, we do one in coaching, we have a group program too. And a, a lot of the work we do with them is get a better product plan, get a better product idea, find a better niche to serve. And because if soon as you create a product that actually is compelling to a specific sub niche, I mean, I'd, I've never done anything in this space, but let's just say water skiing, you know, I'm I'm literally about 200 yards away from the lake. Um, let's say water skiing. As soon as you create a product that actually has value to that community, the community will tell everyone in it about your product. The, the traffic is not the problem. The, the non- The non-interest and non— The lack of compelling
1: interest. That's interesting. Exactly.
0: That's the Mm. problem. I mean, word of mouth literally turns everything, and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, they turn everything interesting
1: into an overnight topic. Oh, wait. Let's just pause a second because you just said something and a light went on. So word of mouth used to be the way to get business. You're saying today's word of mouth, Steve, hear this, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever— is yep. is today's word of mouth, and so sure. it's ten x or hundred x or a thousand x, with a reason that somebody wants to hear it. Hmm. Oh.
0: Exactly. I would also put all of the you know Facebook groups. I mean, there's a Facebook group for literally everything. Mm-hmm. So the only question is, do you have a product that actually may, means anything to anyone in a compelling way, or is it just an also ran? Yes, you can make money selling it on Amazon type product, which is fine. That's money. That's a business model. But the, so, the well, how do you
1: know the difference, though? How, how do you know? Because I, you know, I'm in love with my products. I, I have yeah. a relationship with them, Jason. Yeah. You know, yeah. so for me, I mean, how do you distance yourself? How do you get an honest answer there?
0: I think a lot of, as someone said, someone wisely said, um, it's easy to fool. So, well, I forget the phrase I'm butchering it, but you're the easiest person to fool, hmm. you, you know. And the, the the oh the the phrase is um the the first rule is to be honest because you you are the easiest person to fool. Some something along those lines. But I think the 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 question is you have to look at business models for online selling for e-commerce hmm. and ask yourself the question: Is this a business model I want to be in? I like just I mean studying the topic of business. Businesses and business models is fascinating. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger speak to this on and on and on. I mean, I've, they talk about owning a, a retail chain of stores in the like 60s and the math associated with that. And, you know, all of us go through these lessons where we're like, you know, is the business model I'm employing a good one? Is, and, and if it's honestly sourcing product in China and reselling it, that is a business model that has got a very short shelf life. You, 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 everyone can do that. If the barrier to entry is so low that anyone can copy you and beat you, you will be beaten. Hmm. So even if you make a hundred grand or a million bucks this year, or you know you've made a million bucks in the last five years doing that kind of stuff, doesn't mean it's a good business model to be in for the long term. And so to me, that was always the question: What is a business model that's defensible that I can honestly say this is going to be strong? You know, Warren Buffett says. Of time is the friend of a good business, and it's the enemy of a bad business. And so, you know, I mean, I I I don't try to be discouraging to retail arbitrageurs because I I have my own fun retail arbitrage stories, and I I don't try to be discouraging to private label people because Kyle, my business partner for our coaching speaking, he's got his own private labels and very successful. But what I always challenge people is find a better business model and grow towards it. Um, and, and, you know, that's sort of the heart and soul of what I focus on a
1: lot. I love it. Oh my God. That's such a great phrase. Grow towards it. Not give up what you're doing. Use it. uh, My friend Andy always says, use, if you're doing RA, use it to fund what you're going to, right? Don't, don't quit your day job, fund it and get it. So when you can't afford to go to work anymore, that's where you want to get to that place. Yeah. Well, One of the things that I think is pretty cool, and I want to talk about this, is that you've been able to take this approach, this consistent approach. Again, the advantage of taking this social media approach pretty much to everything you guys have done, and you've been able to do it to make a dent in the world. Now, I mean, some people would say, hey, you you know, you're selling millions of outfits, and that's your big dent in the world. That's awesome. But it sounds like you guys have a different dent in the world that you've really taken an approach to, and I'm talking about sopowerful.org can we talk yeah. about that a little bit because i just think that i mean I, I mean i'm sure that this was very rewarding this has got to be a big win and it's awesome but yeah. what yeah. what happens when something at so powerful.org happens what's that do for you
0: yeah no that's the love of our life really in a lot of ways it's our, this is our legacy this is you know i i always say to cinnamon you know and Twenty or thirty or forty years, nobody's going to remember Pixie Fair, but people are going to remember So Powerful. And give me the chills
1: when you just said that. So let's talk about what it is, where it came from, and why it exists.
0: Yeah. So as I mentioned, I had a twenty-year career in nonprofit management. I used to take major donors. I was a major gift rep for four years in Silicon Valley, and so I would. and, And part of my role for a long time was to take trips around the world with donors who were, you know, major donors and we would see program work and um there was this uh trip we were on in 2009 right in the middle of all that creation story i was just telling you about you know where we were trying to figure out what to do with our our little you know side business um but i was on this trip work trip in lusaka zambia and um long story short we got asked if we wanted to go see a a a community school in the worst urban slum in lusaka and it um it's not a program that the charity I was a part of was funding. Um, and so we went to visit it as sort of a side, separate day out of our itinerary. And, um, and, uh, what I saw there that day basically changed my life and has uh, helped us create this meaningful charity. And, and basically what I saw there was this amazing woman and a group of moms who had created their own little school in a partially built church. They had 475 kids. These were the poorest kids in the worst slum. And they couldn't go to the uh, public school because they literally couldn't afford clothes and like, you know, the little book fees or anything to go to the free school. Even the free school, technically, they couldn't go to because they couldn't afford it. So these moms just gathered them in this partially built school and were trying to teach them, you know. And um, so then we we got to this one and, and our hearts were broken. I mean, you know, half the kids are HIV positive. It is literally the worst uh, urban slum I've ever been in. And it just, you know, two-thirds of the kids have lost one or both parents to HIV, AIDS, TB, malaria. Just like just think the worst possible social just disaster you could think of. And but yet these moms were just the heroes of the story that day. And they got to this part with oh, a little program. And they danced for us. They had the kids sing for us. They made me dance for them, which is hilarious. And we get to this one part of the program where they stood around this little area in this on this brick wall and on these little nails they had beaded costume jewelry hanging and esther the program director explained that the moms are trying to raise money for an eventual school they would love to have for these children now these and they're trying to sell plastic beaded jewelry in a slum to poor people i mean that was their plan and we said to ourselves in our little group, hey, let's just buy all this stuff just to make them happy. So we we said, well, how much are these little, you know, necklaces? And well, like a, a dollar US a piece. Okay, okay, and how many do you have here? So they added them up. So it was like $75. So we said, well, we'd like to buy all of them and we, we'll give them as gifts to our friends. And we, we're so grateful that you have them for sale. And the moms literally went nuts. They started dancing and doing the African like,
1: da, 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 um,
0: and just like, so excited. And in that moment, I is just a total, my like, God thing, you could say, or some kind of epiphany or whatever. I just, I just heard in my own mind, I have to help these ladies.
1: This was it. This was, you know, you were led there. Everything this, about it brought you there.
0: And those <laughs> ladies, helping them figure out how to make money for that school to help those kids is the genesis of what we do now. And so what we do, what it turned well, into. Well, let me ask you
1: gold gold. this though. Hold on, yeah. because I want to say, this. do you credit that, what you just said, with part of the reason that you're so successful in your business? Is that a fair?
0: Yeah, it's definitely tied together all the way. We, It's from the very beginning. We said, because what happened, remember I said to you that I changed jobs mm-hmm. and I, you know, it kind of relieved the financial pressure. So we basically said, look, our online selling Part of it is going to be to help scale up this giving to these ladies.
1: So you were given a gift, and then you just like, we got to give it. We got to give it. Oh, dude.
0: Yeah. I just think
1: of people who don't get that. They miss that, and it's not all about making money. It's about giving money, or not giving money. Giving help that allows you to get so much more. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I just, I can, I can tell that that passion when I heard it a couple years ago, is still here today years later we're getting old dude it's never gonna stop still i know but oh all right i mean
0: i'm we're we're early into this we're 10 years into this and we're just getting started so so we i literally said to the esther the lady do you have email and she said yeah i have email so i got her email and we started giving her basically a hundred dollars a month to help the moms come up with you know fundraising or you know activities like whatever they wanted to do we, we that was what we could give to them and then and but we said we could do more in the future maybe as one-time projects and that began to happen in 2009 we started doing one-off sales events and activities to fund their work and so the first thing they did was they wanted they proposed to us that they learn how to sew and they figure out how to sew and 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 sell items
1: Oh, wow. And so that, that course, wasn't just, hey, just write us a check. Well, they're not dumb. Yeah.
0: And they knew that we were in the sewing, that, that Cinnamon's work was sewing related. We had said what we do. And they were like, well, how about if we become, <laughs> you know, sewers? Yeah. And so it, it totally clicked there. you know. So, they, so the first few years, we got them training. We got the machines. And other miracles kind of happened. We got them a, an amazing school, uh, their own land, their own uh, school building. And um, indirectly, we didn't give the money ourselves, but it was through a connection um, and it was a total miracle. And so they, were, they got out of that little partially built church. And, um, and so it turned into a, now, today, what we have there is 36 people are employed. Um, it is a sewing cooperative where they make school uniforms for the children and they make reusable hygiene pads for the girls. A whole issue of girls never going to school when they're on their period uh, and and causing educational dropout at a huge rate. We didn't know about, but that's a fact. And then they, we also have a soap cooperative. They make soap uh, and sell it locally and also use it in uh, their program work. And then we have a 10-acre farm where they grow food for the school lunch program.
1: So it's really and- all the way through. I mean, it's... it's- it's taking. I'm thinking about what you're what you're saying and in, in applying it to the U.S. poverty because that's one of the things that I see is that poverty is so. Yeah, you can't get out of it. You you can do whatever yeah. you want, give them a better education, but if poverty's in there. They're not going to see it. They can't get yeah. to it because they can't. Like you say, an example, the girls, they can't get there or if they got to carry water and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So our goal
0: else. was our goal is twofold with the program. One is job creation for the parents, and the parents all are focused on creating what we call purposeful products, which is a phrase I just, I think I kind of coined the phrase, but it's, it's products that, you know, it's not exporting trinkets to America for sale or, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's making a school uniform for the child right there who needs it. It's making soap for the, you know, the people right there in the community because they need it. And it's It's defensible.
1: It's your yeah. phrase earlier. You're yeah. making a business. You ask me, Steve, is yeah. your business model defensible for the long term? That, like you say, making a little trinkets not defensible, but making soap? Hundred yeah. percent or uniforms. Hundred percent. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Very so cool. so we're in uh, over twenty-five schools. We created and and just as a tie-in so people understand how we've sort of done this, we basically cinnamon made a you know, we we have a catalog of twenty six hundred PDF sewing patterns. So about 5 years ago we she made a crossbody purse and we went to our customer base and said would you help us make these crossbody purses we're going to take them to Zambia we're going to have the seamstresses there so reusable feminine hygiene pad product um which guys in America aren't familiar with but it's basically a, you know a monthly period uh, you know product that's a washable reusable product um and Soap and the reusable hygiene product and underwear go in this purse, these beautiful purses that our, our customers make. And then it goes to a girl in health class and she's trained on how to stay in school all month, how to manage her period with this new product she's never seen. And the goal of staying in school and never missing school because of being on your period. Well, our customers five years ago went absolutely nuts. Into this, and it has become. I mean, I liter. We literally have coordinators around the world now, in country level coordinators coordinating so powerful purse work and projects. Uh, We just had our um, our collection in November, and we had eighty five hundred purses brought in this year. And you know, by twenty twenty, we want to have twenty thousand purses, and so twenty thousand girls will benefit through our program. And so, the our our customers around the world. Who are seamstresses? They all have fabric. They all want to know the story, and they get excited about helping us make a difference in Zambia and and creating the jobs for the moms. Because the moms in that sewing cooperative in Lusaka are paid, obviously, to make the reusable hygiene pad product. You know, so they 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 get a good job out of the deal.
1: Um, this is, that's a, program. well, this is, this is that engagement thing that you kind of talked about. It's back to the beginning of the story where it you is. figured out that we do a contest and we do them all the time and that's to keep people engaged, period. Right. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. Yep. Yeah. But you figured out a winning strategy is to keep people engaged and, oh my goodness. Um, that's gotta be, I mean, I know the other stuff is rewarding, but this is, just, this is life changing. And, and, you know, you talk about those 8,500 girls, but when they have kids, that's changed for them. It's generational changes. Sure. I mean, yeah. to me, because you're, in, you know, they're learning something they never knew before, and now all of a sudden, that fixes the generation going forward. You're just fixing it going backwards, and ooh, give me the chills to think about it. Thank you, man. Yeah. I really no, mean it's... that. That's really incredible. Um, it's just an incredible story. Again, I'm going to go back. He's a dad, a husband, a giver, an instructor, an author, a blogger, all those things rolled up into one. And it's such a cool story that you can be. I mean, I, if I, if there's a takeaway for me from this conversation, it's going to be that you can be. All right. That's it. You can be. Sure. 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 I think sure. you can be, you know, and yeah. it's a matter of doing it, you know, and, executing and there's
0: it. so much opportunity to help other people. You mentioned the, you know, poverty in America, homelessness in America has gone in completely insane lately. Um, you know, my heart has gone out lately just to seed a thought. My heart has gone out to the Gold Star families who have lost a loved one in, in you know, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, those families could be helped. So I would always say to any e commerce seller, I mean, part of your success is going to be thinking beyond just your transaction and your can I make a buck? and so take a day off go to the beach go go sit somewhere and think about if i if i had a successful business that was spitting out the adequate money to cover my household budget and i wanted to make a difference in the world with with the rest beyond a, you know the trinkets and toys that you want to get yourself what would it look like and who would i help and and then do that now do it immediately in in the tiniest small way whatever you can and start to integrate that into your work and it'll catalyze your own energy. It'll catalyze your customers. It'll give you a unique um, you know, topic and a unique way to connect with people. And if it's authentic from your heart, it's not a shenanigan. It's not a, oh, we're going to do a BOGO and give away the money to fill in the blank charity, which we yeah. found two minutes ago on the Internet. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's a huge opportunity for all of us to go deeper with this stuff. And to really make a difference,
1: you have a oh. uh, very specific set of skills, and now you can use them for to really make a dent in the world. Okay, so let's finish up with this. Uh, if somebody wants to follow up with more questions, so again, you have um, you have the uh, Shopify site, the WinningOnShopify.com. Yep. And so somebody can yep. message you there. It's a blog, but they can message you there. Is that correct? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yep. And then, if you mind, do I put your Facebook contact? Is that okay? Sure, totally. And
0: then you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Jason Miles. You can follow me on Twitter, which I'm never on, but I'm on Instagram every day.
1: Okay, so Um, Mr. Jason Miles. Yeah.
0: And we have the books that are coming out. You can find me on Udemy. All my courses are on Udemy. My books are on Amazon. Most popular
1: instructor. We never even got to that. That'll be next interview. All right. All right, so let me do this because I think you just said it, but I want to see if I can nail you down one more time because I I think a lot of people listening here are going to be mesmerized. They're going to sit there and say, wow, that's so much bigger than me. It's so much bigger than I thought, right? You know, you're expanding the boundaries, which I always love. People get to see there's more to, wait, I can do that? Yes, you have permission. Jason just gave you permission. What would you say, though, to the person who's stuck, who's sitting there saying, yeah, that's fine, Jason. You know, you're successful. You've had 3 million downloads, but they're stuck. They can't get to the 300 downloads. What would you say to them on how to get past that point of the wall that you hit, I hit, every single person hits, um, it's getting past that. What what What's your advice?
0: Yeah, I'm, I, there's no shortcuts to this stuff. I think it's constant learning and implementing, learning and implementing and experimenting. So, you know, all of us, in terms of the shiny object stuff, we all are mesmerized when the new topic comes out. Oh, Manny Chats, the answer. Oh, Instagram stories are the answer, et cetera, et cetera. So the question is, how do you learn something and then metabolize it into your routines and your business? And there there will be a few tried and true things that will absolutely work. I mean, building an email list is like so boring. No one wants to buy a course on email marketing, but honestly, if you ask anybody, do you have any email list work you're doing? Many, many online sellers will say no. And so it's, to me, it always goes back to the basics. I mean, Bruce Lee's famous quote, if he all his famous quotes are dubiously, I don't know if it's really him or not, but you know, the quote of I'd rather, I don't fear the man who knows a thousand kicks. I fear the man who's you know knows one kick and has practiced it a ten thousand times or you know whatever. I butcher all my quotes, but that's the gist of it. So, so I don't think there's any shortcuts. There's no magic secret sauce. There is learning something and trying to implement it, and do they doing that over and over um, to grow your grow your business and get better clarity on who your customer is and who you can. Serve and then, as I mentioned before, growing into a stronger and stronger product strategy where you can serve them in a you know bulletproof way,
1: defensible. All right, well, hey, thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Take care.
0: My dog says thank you, too.
1: and I don't know about you but how can you not be inspired after that conversation um just a phenomenal guy just a phenomenal story of a husband and wife who have figured it out and have figured it out in such a way that they could they could 10x everything they do by helping others and letting them 10x their network and their network and their network and their network um his comment about you know twitter and facebook and uh, instagram being word of mouth is powerful. And I think he's absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it is hard to drive traffic um, unless you're the pet rock or unless you're the whatever was hot the this year, you know, I mean, whatever the hot toy was, then then you can drive traffic because it's a good product. And so, you know, are, is your business defensible uh, for the long term? That's a, that's a hard question. One that's worth looking into. ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care.